Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Well, here we are again together for another broadcast and for the second part in this series about Abraham being the father of us all. And of course, if you haven't heard the first part, you can still listen to that. But else, keep listening because you can also listen to this part separately. And I know that it will bless you. We are talking about Abraham and this great man of faith who, on the other hand, was a man just like you and just like me. Oh, he had mistakes. (laughs) Yeah, he made a mess of it sometimes. But in his heart, there was that genuine faith and obedience and that desire, that longing that he wanted to walk in the path that God had for him. And he sought the Lord. Or a very important thing in the life of Abraham was the altar that he would build. And he built many altars that he would sacrifice to God, that he would seek the face of God, that he would honor and worship God. And God used those moments to speak to Abraham. And he blessed him and he promised him that he would use him to bless all the families of the earth. Oh, hallelujah for that. If you can be someone who is called a friend of God, as Abraham was called a friend of God, and someone that God has chosen to be a blessing to the families of this world, and I pray that you will be a channel of blessing. It is my desire to be a channel of blessing. Oh, Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in the midst of this speaking of Abraham that you will bless my listener and make them a blesser, Lord. Make them a channel of blessing. And I know you will do it by your grace in Jesus' name. Well, as I said, Abraham, he was a man of mistakes too. One day he went into Egypt and, uh, well, he had a beautiful wife. The Bible says that Sarah was beautiful, exceptionally beautiful. And he was afraid that Pharaoh would see his wife and say, well, that's a woman that I want for me to be one of my many wives, and that he would kill Abraham if Abraham said he was the husband of Sarah. So Abraham had a plan in his mind. If they ask me, I will tell them that she is my sister. Well, it was a lie, but then again, it was a half lie because she was his half-sister. And so many times we do the same, my friend. Oh, don't point a finger to Abram. I'm not doing that. Oh, we have this whole explanation why what we are telling is not a complete lie. It's partly because, you know, there is truth there. But Abram, he should not have done it in this way. And so they come to him. And yes, they want Sarah to be a wife of Pharaoh. And they asked, who are you? And he said, well, I am her brother. And they blessed him with many gifts. Oh, and they were so happy. And they brought Sarah to Pharaoh. And you know what I like there? God starts to fight for Abraham. Yes, he made a mistake. He was lying. He forgot to ask the Lord what he should do in that situation. He made a lie and he came into great peril. But in the midst of that peril that was there, also because of his own doing, God Oh, he starts to fight for Abraham. Well, this encourages me, my friend. This is an encouragement for you. Maybe you made a mess of it. And maybe you lied and you cheated. And, and well, you are the reason why you are in that mess. But God, he doesn't just come to you, points a finger, 
shows an angry, frowned face and says, well, this is your doing, so now, well, you have to take the consequences. No, he is a God that fights for us even when we made a mess of it. And he brings Abraham out of this mess, and he brings a dream to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh gets up and he says, Abraham, how could you do this to me? You made God to be angry at me, and now I am in trouble because of your lie. Take Sarah and leave here and take all the blessings that I gave you with you. Oh, I like it that God fought for Abraham even when he made a mistake. Yes, there is that other part, you know, with Lot and um, the shepherds of Abraham and the shepherds of Lot. They were arguing together, fighting with each other because there were so many sheep and who was the first one that should go to the well and et cetera, et cetera. And it was not a good atmosphere. So Abram, he knew this is not the way it should be. And he went to Lot and he said, Lot, what do you want, Lot? If, if you want to go to the right, I will go to the left. If you choose the left, I will go to the right. I like this. This is someone speaking who knows what he has in Christ. Yes, who knows what he has in God the Father. If you know what you have in him, you don't have to be afraid for what you have because you know God is your guardian. He's your protector. And so Abram, he said, you choose Lot. Lot, on the other hand, should have said, Abraham, who am I to choose? God called you. God spoke to you. I am blessed because I went with you. Who am I to choose and and to make this decision? Abraham, you tell me where I should go. You tell me what you think is best for me. But Lot was not this kind of a man because of his heart. That's why God chose Abraham and he didn't choose Lot. And it was good they were separated there. But Lot, he chose with his eyes. And he saw that field there, the land that was there next to the river, And he said, well, that is a fruitful place. That is a bountiful place. It says it was like the Garden of Eden. And so he says, I want that part. He wanted the best for himself. And so Abraham said, okay, Lot, you take that part, and I will head out to the other side. And he went and journeyed back into the desert. What a man of faith. Are you a man or a woman of faith? Do you believe when something like this happens in your life? Hey, this can happen in your family. This can happen at work. This can happen anywhere in your neighborhood that somehow, well, somebody else chooses the best part and you are left (laughs) like Abraham heading out into the desert. What am I going to do in this desert? And so the Lord, he comes to Abraham. He says, Abraham, you made a right choice, man. He said, look to the right. Look to the left. Look before you. Look behind you. Hey, don't worry, man. It's all yours. It's all yours. I like that. Yes, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but this is how it went. He said, don't worry, Abram. It's all yours. It's all yours. But Lot chose that part, and he chose with his eyes, and he chose the land that was near to Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, they lived outside of the gates, but it didn't take long. And they moved inside the city. And there they were in the midst of all that wickedness and sin. And one day the angel of the Lord came to Abraham and he said, I cannot hide for you what I'm about to do, but I'm headed out to Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm going to destroy those places because they are so evil and wicked. 
And Abraham knew that his nephew was living there. And so here we see the heart of Abraham once again. He could have said, well, good for him. This is what he gets by choosing in such and such way, etc., etc. But here, Abraham, he starts to intercede. And he says, oh, God, oh, oh don't be angry at me. But, but if there are 50 righteous people, would you destroy that city and destroy those 50 people along with all those sinful people? And God says, no, I won't do that, Abraham. Abraham, he goes on, he says, but Lord, yes, 50, I can understand, but but what about if it's just 45, 45, that's just five people less, would you destroy those 45? No, Abraham, I wouldn't do it. And he goes down and down and down, and he pleads, and at the end, he's there, Lord, if there are five, if there are five people, oh, yes, my dear friends, don't give up when you are interceding and praying, be like Abraham. And then we see that the angels of the Lord, they go into that city. And on the prayer of Abraham, they go to Lot's house and they say, Lot, you need to leave this city. It's about to be destroyed. And Lot said, no, let's, let's wait. Let's wait. Let's, let's think about this in the morning. Let's eat something here. No, Lot, the city is going to be destroyed. We need to leave now. No, no, no. Let's not be in such a hurry. It's a good place here. You see the heart of Lot? You see what was alive in him, in his wife, in his children. Well, he didn't want to leave that city. And the next day, it says the angels, they took Lot and they pulled him out of the city with his family. And later on, you read how the daughters of Lot, they slept with their father and they brought forth two nations that were always enemies of Israel and of the seed of Abraham. Oh, my dear friends. This is the inheritance that Lot left for generations, always an enemy of Israel. This was the seed that came out of the heart of Lot. How different it is of the seed that was in the heart of Abraham. And my dear friend, we can learn from this. Oh, don't be like Lot. Don't leave for the next generation and the next generations. Oh, don't leave that wickedness and that awfulness because you choose with your mind and with your eyes and with your flesh, but be like Abraham. Trust the Lord and follow him. Well, God had given Abraham a promise, and he said, through Sarah and you, Abraham, that child will be born. And so it took many years, or about 23 years they waited. And I read at one time, all that Abraham, he was sitting in the tent and the Lord visited him. And he said, oh, Abraham, you are blessed. Oh, I am your exceedingly great reward. I am your shield. And Abraham, well, he's a little depressed there. He says, Lord, how can this be? Considering all my whole inheritance will go to my servant Eliezer because I don't have a child myself. Oh, he was depressed there, and I can understand it. Again, Abraham was a man with thoughts, with feelings, oh, with a life just like you and me going through the things, and he had his ups and his downs, but in his heart there was resurrection faith. But sometimes that resurrection faith just came a little bit under the dust, a little bit under the snow, and God had to revive it again. And so, well, in that tent... God could not convince Abraham of that promise. All the promise he gave many days before, years before, 
And he wanted to renew that promise unto Abraham, not for himself, but for Abraham. And so he said, Abraham, get up and get out of the tent. He was in that tent and the covering was over his head. And because of that covering, he could not see the stars that were the symbol of the promise that God gave to him because God said, look up to the heavens. Do you see all those stars? That's how manifold I will make your seed. And in that tent, he could not see that promise anymore. Oh, my dear friend, are you in the tent, some kind of a tent? Is there some kind of a covering over your head? Are you maybe in some kind of a depression? You had a promise from the Lord. You had a real encounter with him. You have been mightily blessed. You have been born again and filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized in water in a special way. But now, many years later, all things in life, they are just so against. You're just waiting. You've maybe been laid off. Maybe you lost a good position. Maybe you are in the midst of a divorce. Maybe your children ran away, don't want to speak to you anymore. I don't know what's going on in your life. And you kind of lost the hope. You lost the vision, and all you can see is that covering. You don't see the light of the stars anymore. Well, today, in the name of Jesus, get up and get out of that tent and move outside and look up to the skies and see the stars and be reminded of the word of God, of the promise of God to you and to your life that he spoke to you and he will make it well. Oh, hallelujah. And Abram came outside. And when he saw those stars again, God reminded him. Oh, and that just gave energy and life unto Abram and it resurrected that resurrection faith. Yes, maybe you need a resurrection of your resurrection faith. Well, we know that that child was born. Isaac was born. Oh, how wonderful. And so the child grew up. It was the child of promise. And he grew up and became a teenager. They think about 14 to 16 years. Abraham had had so many tests and trials in his life, so many experiences. Oh, I've already told you so many of them. But you know, it says, and after all these things, the Lord came to Abraham and said, Abraham. And Abraham said, here I am, Lord. He said, take your son, take your son and go to the mountain that I will show you and sacrifice him there as an offering unto me. And you know, it says the next day, Abraham got up and he got the wood and he got the fire and he took his son and two servants and he went on his way. Oh, this must have been, you know, I just cannot understand this myself. Oh, this must have gone, not just against his upbringing, not just against the laws of nature. This was going in against his heart, his feeling, oh, his mind. Oh, how, how, Lord, how is this possible? I waited so many years. Finally, I received this promise. It's the one that you gave to me. It's the one through whom you said through him, you would bless my seed and, and multiply it like the stars in heaven, like the sand on the beaches of the shore. Oh, Lord, how can it be? But it says he got up and he went. He was obedient. Oh, be obedient, my dear friend. Do what the Lord tells you to do. And he went on his way. And there he journeys three days on. And he's standing there and he tells his servant at the foot of the mountain, he said, you two stay here 
and I and the lad will go up there and we will sacrifice and then we will return to you. Oh, hallelujah. That shows me that he believed in resurrection. You need to believe in resurrection. Abraham believed in resurrection. He said, we will go. And he knew what he was going to do up there. He knew he was going to sacrifice Isaac, but he said, we will return to you. He didn't say, I will return to you. He said, we will return to you. And so with his son, he goes up that mountain and his son, a teenage boy, oh, whom he loved so dearly, oh, the one whom he cherished so much. And the son says, Isaac says, Papa, oh, I've been with you to sacrifice. Many times you've taught me how to sacrifice. I see the wood. I see the knife. I see the fire. But where is the sacrifice? Oh, 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 I, I'm just overwhelmed for a moment by emotions and feelings and joy and sadness at the same time being a father myself, having three sons. What would you answer your son? Or if he asks, and you know, my son, it's you. It's you. You are the sacrifice. It's you that I'm going to lay on that altar. It's you that I'm going to pierce my knife through. It's because God asked me to. Oh, and even though you are my own flesh and blood, even though you are the promised child, oh, I must always be more obedient to God than unto man, even if it means unto my own family. I need to obey him because he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows, and he would never do anything to damage us or hurt us or to destroy his word. Oh, he will do a miracle. He says those wonderful words. He doesn't say it's you. He says, oh, my son, God himself will supply us with a sacrifice. Oh, glory to God. And God did supply with a sacrifice because many years later on another mountain, the son of God was walking up there with his cross and he carried it up that hill and they nailed him on that cross and God did not come down and intervene. He did not stop it, but he gave his only son as a sacrifice for all of mankind. And after three days, he gloriously resurrected Jesus Christ out of the dead, out of the grave, out of hell. And he brought him into life and he lives eternally now. Oh, hallelujah. Well, Abraham was on that mountain. And yes, he had to be obedient. And this needed to happen. But yet his son was not the sacrifice Yes, Jesus Christ would be the sacrifice, but this would be a shadow of Jesus. And so Abraham, oh, he lifts up his knife, and in his heart, he has already surrendered his son. And for him, oh, in his heart, in his mind, his son already died before the Lord. But when he wants to push the knife down, the angel of the Lord comes and says, Abraham, Abraham, stop. Don't hurt your son. Don't hurt your son. Don't harm him, because now I know that you love me above all other things. And he mightily blessed Abraham. And suddenly there, there was a ram, not a lamb, but a ram that Abraham and Isaac could sacrifice. God supplied in a ram. And later on, he supplied in a lamb, because Jesus Christ is the perfect lamb. And Abraham 
He had that resurrection faith. And it speaks about Jesus who was resurrected out of the grave. And because of Jesus' resurrection and his eternal life, also you and me are resurrected unto eternal life. Believe today. Believe like Abraham that we will live not just this life in this body, but we have a spirit man who has been made alive by the sacrifice of Jesus, by the power of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Believe it today. Oh, Father, I thank you for this great and mighty example of this man who also failed and had mistakes, but yet, Lord, oh, he continued his journey Again and again, he moves forward on the path that you gave him to walk. And he was obedient, Lord, ready to give his all. And he did give his all, but you gave him everything that you have, which is so much more than whatever we can give to you. And you made him a blessing. And we are blessed today because of Abraham. Make my listener a blesser today and a channel of blessing like Abraham to the world. And Lord, save them if they are not saved. Heal them if they need healing. Deliver them, supply in whatever they need, Lord, and make them a channel of blessing like Abraham. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 